Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study. And I'm so happy that you're here today. I want to invite you to grab your Bibles, meet me in the book of John. Let's go today to the last chapter in this book. That would be chapter 21. And we're going to look primarily today at verse 18. And I want to talk about supernatural comfort through prophecy. Praise God. Now, before we jump into to message, uh, the message today, uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come and bring supernatural illumination to the scriptures. We thank you that your word is alive. It's active and sharper than any two-edged sword. So let it do its work today and let us walk in the spirit now, Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. We all agree and say, Amen. Praise God. Before I jump into the message, I had a person ask me, Pastor Stephen, are you guys still uh, you know, there at the ministry raising funds for the aircraft hangar? The answer is absolutely yes. We had to focus for a, a period of time on the provision needed for the launch of the various networks for Christian television. And so we are up and running on those networks. And at the same time, we need to continue to work on that particular project as well, which would be the aircraft hangar. And once the hangar is acquired, we want to bring in and uh, a jet that has international range. Not all jets can go across the country. Uh, they have various ranges, but we want to get a Falcon 50 because it is a proven aircraft that is able to go not only across America nonstop, but it can also reach Europe. And that's very important with the assignment that the Lord has for us to not only minister very effectively here in America, but particularly the Lord has special things for us to do in the UK. And we have to keep that in the the vision of what God has called us to do. And as we spread further and further through uh, the radio and internet, and also most importantly, Christian television, we also have to be places in person. And I was driving to get back from a television interview yesterday, uh, five hours. Uh, I think a three-hour drive is kind of fun. Anything be, uh, less than that is fun. But when you go past a certain point, you think, wow, this is just taking a little too long. And then you have uh, sometimes the unexpected traffic pileups, uh, uh, particularly around large cities, and it just slows things down. And we really want to be able to move quickly and efficiently, even as the the face of travel is changing so much. Right now, you've probably noticed that airfare, just domestic travel, if you want to travel from one state in America to another, has gone crazy. The prices are about three times higher than what they would normally be, sometimes even higher than that. And I know people that uh, they took a trip and they haven't flown back to their house or to their business yet because the, either there are no flights, airlines have canceled flights, or there's not very many of the flights, or 
the prices have just gone uh, through the roof. And we have international trips coming up. The tickets are already purchased because we, we tried to get them months ahead. But I tell you what, uh, the international airfare out there right now, uh, the prices are almost triple of anything I've ever seen before. So um, there are just so many restrictions that are taking place with air travel. Uh, unfortunately, it's probably going to not get much better. I think we have seen things shift and change to a degree where some of the, the freedoms that we previously knew uh, they have been eroded. So I know that when it comes to, particularly with international travel, there will be more delays and more uh, things to slow down. So we really need, as a ministry, to move forward with this project because I tell you, we're going to need that jet aircraft to be able to go and to do the things that God has called us to do. So I want to say thank you for continuing to stand with us on that project by visiting our ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. You can click on the tap, the, uh, excuse me, the tap called Projects, and you will see the Aircraft Hangar Project. Praise God. You know, it was months back, and I was talking to the Lord, and, uh, you know, for years, I've been believing the Lord for the aircraft and for, uh, of course, when you have an aircraft, you have to, uh, you need a place to put it. You can't park it in your garage. You have to have a hangar for it. So I've been praying about those things, and the Lord spoke to me very clearly months back. And this is actually literally word for word what he told me, because I was thinking about the different projects, you know, different things that the ministry needs. And uh, this is what the Lord spoke to me. He said, challenge your partners to go higher. Give them something to inspire them. You know, there's other needs here at the ministry, like, you know, we, we really need to resurface the asphalt in the parking lot. And there's also some trees we took down. And that area where the trees have been taken down, that needs to be uh, surfaced over with asphalt. And the other areas that are kind of old needs to be spruced up. But how many of you know that an asphalt project, it's not like something that's really exciting. We, we do the things that we need to do, but it's not like, hey, I'm really excited about seeing asphalt poured. Well, if you have your own asphalt company, maybe that's exciting. But uh, certain things they don't have that same element of intrigue or excitement. But I tell you what, when you look at the areas of aviation and aerospace, it is the pinnacle, the very height of technology. And also, you know, it, it's, it really touches that area that speaks of excellence. And that's where we want to go to. So the Lord told me, challenge your partners to go higher. Give them something to inspire them. And we'll always have what I would call, you know, uh, work projects around the place because things need maintenance, things need work, and we'll, we'll knock those out. But for something special, the Lord told me it needs to be the hangar because the, the jet is going to come, but you have to have the facility prepared for it, ready for it. And um, we have a beautiful local airport. And so we want to have our own hangar, not because this is just like Stephen's idea, but no, this is what the Lord has put on my heart because we need it. We need it, praise God. And so much of our calling is to the nations. And yes, we have a great heart for America. We'll use the plane to travel all over America and minister in, in many places. 
And at the same time, the plane needs to have long legs. It needs to be able to fly. And a Falcon 50 can fly right out of here, Wilkesboro, North Carolina. That's, you know, the airport is only about 10 minutes, literally, from my house. And I, I, only, I only live uh, five miles, literally, from right here in the studio. So we can be at the airport quickly. We, don't, we wouldn't have to go to Charlotte. It takes two hours just to get to Charlotte. And if you're going on an international flight, you've got to be there two hours before uh, the plane takes off. So that's now four hours. And if there's traffic, there's no telling what could happen. So maybe you have to be there five hours before. So you can see how it's just delay after delay after delay. But by God's grace, we're going to go to the new level. So that's a really neat project for you to sow into, which is the hangar project. And we appreciate you doing that because th that account is getting stronger and stronger. And we'll get to the point. We'll be able to go and either purchase a hangar that's down there that would be available or perhaps build a new one. I would actually like to purchase one that's already standing. I think you get uh, better value for your money when you purchase a commercial type facility that is already built and that would be in reasonable condition. Praise God. So that's part of the vision part of the plan. Thank you for standing with us on that. And if you're out there watching and you're just thanking Pastor Stephen, I think I'll just go ahead and take care of that hangar project for you. Please contact the ministry, call the ministry. And if you want to knock out the plane, we'll just go ahead and pick it up too, because I know exactly the ones that are listed that are for sale. I know how much they cost and it is a buyer's market right now. Let me tell you that. It absolutely is. I know when you think jet aircraft, you think uh, astronomical prices. Well, it is true that jets aren't cheap, and, uh, and operating them is not either, but the prices on jets have dropped dramatically. They've never recovered after the 2008 recession, and the aviation industry, the private aviation industry, is, is it's on good footing now. But I tell you, there's a lot of high-quality used jets that are out there, including some really beautiful Falcon 50s that we could pick up for, uh, maybe we could call it a steal of a deal, praise the Lord. But that is an intercontinental jet and would allow us to travel nonstop right from here, right from our own location. Wouldn't have to go to Charlotte, wouldn't have to go through TSA. You just file your flight plan, walk onto the plane, and go. Woo, praise the Lord. So my friends, the Lord knows what he is doing. I feel a great joy being able to share this with you. So thank you. I would ask that you would pray uh, into the hangar project. And those of you would, that would like to sow a seed that is available, and I'm believing that as you sow into that project, that God will give you your heart's desire and that the dream that he has put in your heart will be accomplished and fulfilled. Praise the Lord. Now, today, let's talk about supernatural comfort through prophecy. Wow. John chapter 21, and we're going to look at verse 18, and we're going to talk a little bit today about Peter. Verse 11 says, Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to land full of large fish, 153, and although there were so many, the net was not broken. Now, Peter was obviously a strong man. He was a real man's man. He wasn't confused with identity gender. <laughs> he knew exactly who he was, uh, and he was a leader. And we're going to look at his life a little bit today. I do believe that we see a lot of prophetic insight here by the Holy Spirit. The net was not broken. I believe in this great end time harvest 
that is getting, we're getting very, very close to it. God's getting everything in order. He's getting everything in order in your life. Be ready because I believe that the people I'm speaking to are called and destined by the Lord to stand on the front lines. Praise God of this next great move of the Holy Spirit. And the nets are not going to break. We're going to pull in a massive harvest. Now we will be linking with other fishermen, okay? But together we are going to pull, praise God. And it's going to be remarkable. We're going to get the job done. We're going to get the great commission filled up. Hallelujah. Filled up. Mm. I talked to uh, Dr. Wade Taylor years back after, after a meal. We had a nice meal. I said, uh, I said, Wade, are you, are you full? He said, yep, I'm fed up. <laughs> and so, <laughs> Uh, he, he didn't say that he was filled up. He said he was fed up. He was fed up with all the politics in church and a lot of other silly things that, you know, when you get old like that, like what he was in his mid-80s, you just, you just talk freely. You don't really care what um, uh, the status quo thinks. I really enjoyed that about him. So we, uh, we want to be on task, stay on assignment, because the empowerment, the blessing, the ability. I'm, I'm saying everything is coming that you need to do what God has called you to do. So get ready. Praise God. The nets are not going to break. Now, we had Peter deny the Lord publicly three times. The, the Lord, of course, forgives him and restores him, but takes him through three questionings where he is digging into Peter's love and Peter's commitment. And each time he's asking Peter, do you love me? He, in a sense, is getting off of Peter that, that conscience of having blown it. So three public mistakes, and then three times the Lord has a question to help bring healing into Peter's heart. And that leads us now into verse 18. Let's go through verse 17 first. He said to him the third time, Simon, son, uh, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. And the sheep, of course, would be uh, the people of God, the believers, praise God. Verse 18. Here we go. Verse 18. Most assuredly, I say to you. Now, when he Jesus starts using that that phrase, most assuredly, this means really pay attention to this. This is something very important. And this time, this is being addressed to Peter. So this is super important for Peter to understand what is being spoken. It pertains to his life. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. And some of you know exactly what Peter went through when you were younger and you didn't really know the Lord. Maybe you knew him, but you don't know him the way that you do now. You kind of did your own thing. Uh, maybe you heard about the teaching, uh, take up your cross and die to yourself and live for the Lord, where you heard that, but you're like, well, you know, that that's nice, but I'm having a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm doing my own thing, and uh, Lord, don't interrupt me too much. I still love you. I want to go to heaven. I mean, after all, who doesn't, right? And so, Lord, uh, I'm enjoying life. I've got a, certain things that I want to do. I've got my kind of, you know, priorities, and uh, one day, Lord, I'll make sure I work you in. Well, um, that all changed when 
he met the man, Jesus. And Peter, when he was younger, he was like that. Now, he's not young anymore, and he's certainly not old, but he would be in what would appear to be middle age, and he's wiser. And of course, you know, now the Lord is on the other side of this thing because the Lord has already accomplished his crucifixion, his death, burial, resurrection. And so this is a uh, this is an appearing of Jesus after his mighty resurrection. So he's talking to Peter, and this is what he tells him. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself. Girding yourself, in that culture of that day, they wore these type of robes that were long, and you would, you would have a belt going around the middle. But if you wanted to run, what you would have to do is you'd kind of have to pull some of that front part of that robe up, or you could get tangled up and trip and fall. So you would kind of pull it up and tuck it in. That way you could run. That's part of that girding. When you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. In other words, you know, he's doing his own thing. Now, that, of course, changed when he joined the ministry of Jesus and traveled with Jesus and, uh, you know, was the Lord's right-hand man. Okay, and walked where you wished. But, watch this, when you are old, you may want to underline that because this is something that the Lord told Peter about his personal life. And it was important for him to value prophecy. And if you will value prophecy, you will find out that it will bring great assurance and comfort into your life at the times that you need it the most. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you. In other words, another will dress you uh, because something's going on with your hands where you can't do it yourself, but uh, tied up, so to speak, okay? And another will gird you and carry you, listen to this, carry you where you do not wish. This, in a sense, is again the Lord redeeming every part of Peter's life, even areas where he's blown it. You know, if you went to heaven, it's wonderful. But if you went to heaven and you lived your life on the earth as a believer, but there was something that conquered you and you never conquered it, although you love the Lord and you would go to heaven, you have faith in Christ, you always would kind of think, you know what? I sure wish I would have beaten that at least once or at least having, uh, or at least having overcome it at the end. That way I could go off in victory. It's like Samson. He killed more of the enemies of God in his death than he did his entire life. So he had, he had a lot of failure, 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 but there at the end, he pulled it all together, and the Lord is so good that through that one act, it was an act of redemption for Samson. Here we see an act of redemption for Peter, who you know, was like a coward. It, that's all we can come down to it. He said, I'll never deny you, Lord. He said, no, all the others may. He said, I'll never deny you though. And he completely came unglued. He came apart. He denied the Lord publicly. He became, in the eyes of many people, a coward. Now, we, we know that he was a changed man. 
after the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the empowerment of the Spirit, standing up and preaching with incredible anointing and authority, and then God's healing power was all over him. And so then he's walking fully in the office of an apostle, the preeminent apostle, actually, out of, out of the 12. And so it was just an amazing turnaround. But the Lord is going to give one more opportunity, and he's going to get it right at the end to not be a coward in the sense where when the pressure becomes severe, you back off. He's not going to do that. He is going to, and most theologians believe, that he was martyred, crucified, and even that upside down. So that's why the Lord is saying, and another will gird you or dress you because you can't do it yourself. Most likely your hands are spread out and you're tied up. You can't do it and carry you where you do not wish. So there is something about pain or trauma being inflicted upon your body that causes a natural drawing back. Jesus said, and carry you where you do not wish. So the agony of death, the pain of death, especially a crucifixion, would be something that would be a normal recoil from the natural standpoint. But yet, but yet God rose up in Peter, and Peter went all the way through, did not deny the Lord, but was strong and basically demonstrated, hey, here's how you do it. <laughs> here's how you go out. And even later, throughout church history, as so many Christians were martyred, that even later when you see people like Polycarp, uh, right around 160 AD, uh, he was the bishop of Smyrna, and Polycarp was old when he was martyred. He was 86. They think he was right around that age, 86 years old, but he was a personal disciple of John the Beloved, the last apostle to die. And so uh, people really love Polycarp because he's like, hey, you knew the last living apostle and you were mentored by him. So Polycarp was given opportunity to renounce Christ and, you know, he'd be let off the hook. But just before he went out into that, uh, you know, furious, angry Colosseum full of people that wanted to see him killed, uh, he heard a voice speak to him. Polycarp did. He, he heard an audible voice speak from heaven and say, Polycarp, play the man. Play the man. In other words, be a man. Man up. You know, this is not wallflower moment. This is not snowflake. This is not a territory for any snowflakes. This is, this is real men. And a lot of women were martyred too. Those were real women that just said, hey, go ahead and light the fire. Go ahead and turn the lions loose. We're not backing off at all. You know, do your thing. Go ahead and do it. You know, we're, we're not yielding. So Peter, wow, he finished. He finished very, very strongly. And he went out the right way. Well, was he crucified in Rome? We, we don't really know. Uh, I know that many within the Catholic Church claim that Peter is buried there in Rome, there at the Vatican, uh, in, in a certain crypt there. And they say they have found, you know, the ossuary that his bones were kept in and stuff like that. But the more you, you look into that and look at what the archaeologists have recorded and have written, uh, we, we don't really know because the proof is inconclusive. And then you have, uh, uh, you have others in other parts of the, the Middle East to say, no, he's buried over here. And some say, well, he never left Jerusalem. 
Well, he probably didn't leave Jerusalem because of the persecution, but we don't really know for a fact if he actually went to Rome or not. And really, even regarding all 12 of the early apostles, we don't really know where they're buried at. Now, I've been to the supposed tomb of Thomas, the apostle, and he is buried in Chennai, India. That would be South India. But then again, you know, the early church did not venerate the apostles. They did not put them on, you know, podiums. They, they just looked at them as great men of God, as the, the 12 chosen by the Lord, and they loved their teaching and they loved them, but it's not like they were idolized or made, out of, made into icons or something like that. So for the first 150 years of church history, nobody knew where they were buried at. And so it was only until way into the second century that, you know, certain uh, believers, you know, really kind of got into this thing like, hey, so-and-so was buried here. And, yeah, you know, and some of that was church politics also because uh, some of the leadership within the Catholic church said, well, we, we really need in order for our doctrine to be established, we need, we need uh, Peter to have died in Rome. So we're going to make this fit. We're going to make it fit somehow. <laughs> Because there was competition in the Eastern Orthodox Church, to, uh, you know, because they were claiming, hey, you know, no, we descended from from Peter, and we have the true church over here. So they were like, oh no, he he, we have it over here because he died over here, and so on and on it goes and stuff like that, and it's politics in the church and silly things like that even take place today. I'm sure you've noticed. Probably the best article, if you want to read it or study that subject, was Peter ever in Rome was an article written in 2008 by Peter Nathan. So if you want to search that on the, on the internet, just type in, was Peter ever in Rome? And then type in the name Peter Nathan. It's a very scholarly article. And the conclusion of the article is basically, we don't know where he's buried at. There is no conclusive proof at all from any leading authorities of where he's buried at. We simply don't know, nor do we know really where, where the rest of them was at, was buried at. Like I said, I've been to India where Thomas was buried, but uh, all they have is a fragment of his foot, uh, which is part of the, the heel bone. And I looked at it, you know, I, well, I thought, well, yeah, it looks like a part of the foot. Yep, that's him. Well, you know, I mean, how, how in the world can you tell? You can't tell. So it's, <laughs> you know... Uh, that was that the cave, you know, that's really close by where he lived at? Most likely, most likely, because there is a lot of church history, but on certain areas, we don't know. And it wasn't important, you know, really in the eyes of the Lord uh, for some of these things to be known anyhow. Praise God. But one thing that we do know is that Jesus said to him, uh, I say to you, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands. And that would imply a Roman form of execution. That even that phrase, stretch out your hands, was something that was known among early martyrs in the church as being a crucifixion. But you have to remember also that the Roman government stretched enormously over such a vast amount of territory that, you, you know, there were people getting crucified all over the place by the Romans. That's just how they did it against uh, certain criminals or political misfits or whatever the case would be, or re uh, th those that wouldn't conform to their, 
hedonistic, paganistic forms of idolatry and religious practices. Uh, and so they really went after the Christians. Now, he said, but when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. So we do, we do think most likely that he was crucified. We just don't know where. And there's some good stories out there. But, you know, one day when we talk to him in person, we'll find out. But nevertheless, he had prophetic insight from the Lord about his ending. Praise God. Now, I'm here to tell you today, sitting in front of the camera, to tell you right now that you're in a season where prophecies are going out to let you know about your tomorrow. Okay? Let me say that again. Prophecies are being released right now. Spirit of prophecy is being released right now. It's going out to let you know about your tomorrow before your tomorrow ever gets here. Whoo! Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So, you know, I want you, I want you to be expecting the word of the Lord to come to you. And it is coming. And, and the gift of prophecy is very, very beautiful and can be very, very helpful especially when it seems like, you know, there's, there's no way that's going to happen. But when it comes from the Lord and it's a true prophecy, then you can stand on it completely and you can trust it. Now, let's go to the book of Acts chapter 12. We're talking about supernatural comfort through prophecy. Acts chapter 12, verse 1. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. So Herod means business. He, he's, he's really wanting to squelch this m movement of, this religious movement uh, known as Christianity. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now, he plans on killing Peter, just like he killed James. He would like to take Peter out and have him killed also. And they've got him. They caught him. This is the main guy. Wow. Now, it was during the days of unleavened bread. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him out or to bring him before the people after Passover. Well, bringing him before the people, all the people are going to want him killed because those would be the people, the religious crowd, the Judaizers that rejected anything to do with Jesus or any message being taught by the apostles. And so it, was going to, it would be a very hostile crowd. And then Herod would just, you know, gain more favor from them by killing Peter. So that was definitely the plan. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Praise the Lord. I'm sure the, prayer, the prayers were very, very good. Would, would it be said that the prayers were, were maybe necessary? Uh, or let me say, say it like this. Were they essential? Maybe. I think God has got some things covered whether we pray or not. I do think prayer just makes it better. In other words, you know, th there was the potential that even before they tried him and were going to kill him that, you know, hey, the guards could rough him up, you know, could knock his teeth out and stuff like that. And I mean, I mean, how often would it be when you had guards that were sincere and nice 
So these guys probably mocked him, probably laughed at him, probably, probably told jokes about him and said, hey, man, tomorrow your hit's going to be off. Enjoy your last few hours on the planet. <laughs> I mean, these were some rough guys. And uh, it's very easy, uh, excuse me, it's very interesting and easy, too, how the Lord can turn the tables so quickly. Mm. And I would say that for those of you that feel like a certain type of injustice was done. God is going to turn the tables. He's not done yet. Give him time to work. And in the meantime, just trust the Lord and take a nap like Peter did. Well, which is, it was a lot more than a nap. He was in a deep sleep. Now, verse six, and when Herod was about to bring him out that night, Peter was sleeping bound with two chains between two soldiers and the guards before the door we're keeping the prison. So he's asleep. And the next day would be a day of execution if everything goes as planned. Praise the Lord. Well, Pastor Stephen, he sure is relaxed. Wonder why he could sleep in the middle of something like that. I mean, Pastor Stephen, I don't know if I could sleep. If I did, I probably couldn't sleep very well. Well, when you have inside information you can sleep. When you have God's word on it, which overrules any circumstance or any present situation bearing down on you, when you have God's word on it, then you can sleep. You can rest. And when Herod was about to bring him out that night, Peter was sleeping bound with two chains between two soldiers and the guards before the door keeping the prison. And then it goes into the dramatic rescue by the angel sent by the Lord to deliver P uh, Peter and to get him out of there. Even with all of the soldiers there, he was taken out in a very, very miraculous way. How was Peter able to have such comfort in the midst of what would look like the following day is going to be the end of his life because of what Jesus prophesied to him. What did he say, Pastor Stephen? What did he say? Well, the Lord told him this. He said, when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. And maybe for a little bit, Peter thought, hey, this is not looking good. Boy, I might, I might just be going to heaven tomorrow. But I think he realized, no, I'm not going anywhere. This doesn't look good, and I don't know how this is all going to play out, but I know one thing. I'm not dying today, and I'm not dying tomorrow. Why, Pastor Stephen? How could he say that? Because he's not old. He's not old yet. Still here in the book of Acts, he's not old. He's not going to be old until later. He's going to live a long life, and when he is old... He's not going to be able to retire, move to the golf course, buy a condominium or a townhome, and just play golf and drive around on a golf cart and drink iced tea and, uh, you know, uh, have a nice time, you know, writing books and uh, selling bestsellers uh, within the Christian community. That's not going to happen. The Lord had a different plan for him. He's going to go out as a brilliant star. And he's going to go out as a martyr. And he did. Praise the Lord. But not today. Not today he's not. That's why he had comfort. 
That's why the comfort was even supernatural, where he could even sleep, just lay down and go to sleep. And really, he needed his, his energy and his strength because he is going to make his escape, and he did. Wow. What about all of those soldiers who I'm sure gave him a hard time, probably said some things to him that were like, hey, you know, enjoy your head. It's going to be off. It's going to be gone tomorrow. Or, you know, all, all the silly jokes and all of the things they made. Well, well, isn't it interesting that the next day they're, they're dead. The next day they're executed. Then as soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers about what had become of Peter. But when Herod had searched for him and not found him, he examined the guards and commanded that they should be put to death. And he went down from Judea to Caesarea and stayed there. Well, the very guards who probably mocked and ridiculed him, they got executed. Praise the Lord. Because what the enemy would have planned for you, it's not going to happen. It's going to get reversed and it will go back upon the enemies of the Lord. Now, I like how Peter escaped and the angel of the Lord got him out of that prison, leads him down a, a street, and then he goes to a certain house where the prayer meeting is going on. Now Peter continued knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished, but motioning to them with his hand to keep silent. He declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison, and he said, Go, tell these things to James and to the brethren. And of course, James at that time had become the pastor of the church there in Jerusalem. And he departed and went to another place. So Peter left and went to another place. Now, some say this is when he left Jerusalem and really left the land of Israel and went to Rome. But we don't know that. We just don't know. I do think it would be very odd, though, for Peter and Paul both to be in Rome and that somehow not be recorded or mentioned or said. Uh, but it appears that, you know, we just don't know. But we do know that Paul was in Rome, absolutely. But my friends, where did he go? Where did Peter go after he uh, had to probably lay low or get out of town because he was the hot potato there in Jerusalem? They really would have loved to have captured him again. So you have to use wisdom in life. And, uh, and Peter did, did just that. So he left and went somewhere. But my friends, he got out of there. So prophecy has the ability to show you your future. You know your future before you ever get there, and you stay on track, and you stay happy, and you stay in the joy of the Lord. We are told in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3, but he who prophesies speaks strength and encouragement and comfort to men. So when the gift of prophecy is going forth and it's being spoken, it will do three things in the most basic sense. And this is what they are. Number one, it will be what Paul calls edification. And that means is it will strengthen you. It will make you strong. Prophecy will make you strong. And prophecy will exhort or encourage you. It will greatly, greatly encourage you and lift you from a point of thinking, I wonder if I'm going to die today, to, to knowing, oh, I'm not dying today. I'm not even old yet. I'm going to live a long life. Praise the Lord. That's what happened to Peter. And so that greatly encouraged him. And prophecy will also bring comfort. So we have three things, strength, encouragement, and comfort. And the comfort is really nice. It'll bring comfort to you when it looks like you're going to go under, but you know you can't because the word of the Lord was was you will go over, praise God. 
Now, you can get prophecy from God's Word when a word is quickened to you by the Holy Spirit, and that word just leaps off the page into your heart, and it's so alive and so living that when you get a word like that, in many ways, it's as if the Lord were standing there in person and told it to you. That's how real that can be. That is a real word. And those words can be in that season for your life, or it can be something even speaking later, but it is a real true word that comes to you. And you could also get a, pro- a, a prophecy through a prophet or a Christian who is able to flow in the gift of prophecy. And may that be you, because this gift is so beneficial to the body of Christ. He who speaks in the tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies strengthens, builds up the church. So when you prophesy to another believer, you're building them up. And if you have a prophetic word that's for a company of believers or for the church, then that can build up the whole church. So this is a gift that's very, very important, and it will really help you. It will really bring comfort. And, you know, I was doing a television interview yesterday talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and we got over to the subject of prophecy. And prophecy is very interesting because I have been able to receive some remarkable prophecies from prophets who have ministered to me very accurately by the Holy Spirit. And at the same time, I've also been able to minister to many people in a prophetic sense where I can give them that prophecy, that word of the Lord, and it is proven to have greatly helped them. But but an interesting story that I shared when on that television program was something that happened in January of 2017 when my wife and I were in Washington, D.C., and we happened to come across prophet Bill Hammond. Now, Bill Hammond is a bishop over a very large apostolic prophetic network and over many churches, but we saw him sitting at the table, and we went over and said hello to him and talked to him, and, you know, he was just sitting there. I think he was drinking something, had a few snacks, but when you walk with the Lord, you can you can just kind of get into the Spirit at any time, and that's the way he is when it comes to prophecy. So he could be eating or he could be in a place like he was with a room full of hundreds of people, all kinds of activities going on and people talking, but you could just get into the spirit and you could you can flow in the gift of prophecy. And I said, Bishop Hammond, I said, tell me what the Lord says. Uh, go ahead and record uh, the word because anytime I get around a prophet and when people get around me, they take their their phones because you can record just hit you know video it that's what i always do just take my phone and video it but i'm mainly wanting the the audio to be recorded and you need to always be ready to do that okay so that you can um receive a word and also if you're giving a, a prophecy to somebody you need to tell them hey this needs to be recorded so that you can keep it and uh be aware of it meditate on it so what had happened is that a few weeks before We went to Washington, D.C. I had a personal visit from Jesus in a vision, and he came and stood right in front of me, and he he shared some really sacred things with me. Some of those things I can't tell. They they, they were for me just personally. But he also shared something with me that I can share publicly. And the Lord told me, he said, you have completed phase two of your ministry, 
and you're now in phase three of your ministry. And if you ever followed the teachings of Prophet Kenneth Hagin, you'll know that Brother Hagin uh, taught about the time he had a vision from Jesus, and Jesus came and told him that in the light, uh, uh, let me say it like this, in a minister's ministry, they uh, every minister has four phases of ministry. And if you follow the Lord and follow the Holy Spirit and obey God, you will work your way through your ministry to where towards the end you will be in the fourth phase and you will complete that. But it's fascinating because Kenneth Hagin said that Jesus told him, most ministers, get ready for this, most ministers live and die without ever getting out of their first phase of ministry. That's amazing. So I was very encouraged when the Lord told that to me because that was, you know, that's also about four years ago now. So when the Lord told me that you finished phase two of your ministry, you're now in phase three. And, you know, we're well up and running in phase three now. I knew I've only got one more. So praise the Lord. So I was excited about that. But when I was in Washington, D.C. a few weeks later, and there sits Bishop Bill Hammond. I said, uh, uh, Bishop Hammond, what does the Lord say? And I, uh, I've, got, I've still got it on my iPhone, so I hit record. And Kelly's there too. She got it on her phone. He says, this is what I hear the Lord saying. Okay, uh, I, let me say this before I tell you that. The last time he had prophesied over me was about 12 years earlier. So I, hadn't had, I had not had a prophecy from him in a long time, and I hadn't seen him in a while either. But he said, this is what I hear the Lord saying. You have just finished phase two of your ministry. And so, so he was telling me word for word what the Lord had told me. He said, you're now in the next phase of your ministry. And you've gone from Hebron to Jerusalem, just like David did. And he began to just, in some ways, repeat back to me what the Lord had told me personally in a face-to-face -face conversation. What is that? That's prophecy. That's prophecy. What does it do? Well, it strengthens you, strengthens you like crazy. It encourages you. And it also does what? It brings comfort brings a lot of comfort. Lord, I'm on track. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. I mean, it feels good. It feels good. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Look, look, I don't know what stream of Christianity you're in. I don't know where you go to church at. I don't know what teaching maybe you often sit under. I know, of course, many of those that are watching these programs, you're following what we would call a Pentecostal, full gospel, spirit-filled type, type flow. But I'm saying this, wherever you're at in the body of Christ, you need the gift of prophecy. Hallelujah. And if you have to get in your canoe and paddle out of your stream and get over in another stream just to get a prophecy, well, then do it. <laughs> if you have to go to a meeting, okay, if, and if you don't know where to go, just get in one of my meetings and come up to me after I finish preaching. If I don't get you in the service and tell me, Pastor Stephen, I've never had a prophecy. Would you prophesy over me? I will do the best that I can, okay, to be able to do that, uh, depending on time and, you know, other factors and stuff like that. But those of you that know me uh, know that uh, it's not often that I get out quick of any meeting. Uh, I, usually, I usually stay sometimes too long, uh, hours sometimes. Why? People want ministry. They, they want 
they, they, they want to, and they're pulling on the anointing that God has put in my life so that they're wanting uh, prayer for healing or prayer for the sick or whatever it might be or for the gifts to flow and operate, and that anointing is there. So, yeah, it's not unusual for me to stay hours after a meeting. I can't always do that, especially if I got an, another meeting coming up just right after that. Within a few hours later, got to recharge a little bit, praise God. But yes, the gifts flow, hallelujah. And it, it's one of my favorite things is, is just prophesying over people the word of the Lord. Why? Because I know what it does. It will strengthen them. It will encourage them. And it will also bring comfort into their lives. And so you need the gift of prophecy to be operating in your life. And you need to be able to receive it. And you need to be able to give it. Woo! Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And if you've never had either, if you've never received a prophecy or if you've never given one, I'm just telling you, get ready. Because the word of the Lord is coming the word of the Lord is coming. Prophecies are going out today to tell you about your tomorrow. And you're going to know your tomorrow just like Peter did. Thank you, Lord. Here's something fascinating. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18. And this is what the Apostle Paul said. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy. So he's writing to Timothy, a spiritual son. According to the prophecies. Okay, so a charge. He's given him a charge, a directive, a command. And he says, it's according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them, that by what? By those prophecies, you may wage the good warfare. What is the good warfare? It's the fight of faith, the stay in faith, to do what God has called you to do, to stay on task, to stay on assignment, to stay in faith, pertaining to God's will and plan for your life. Well, how, how, do, you, how do you fight? What, what really helps you? Those prophecies. Those prophecies. And every solid prophecy. I've got it on paper. Yes, I've got it on audio, and I've got it on paper. Praise the Lord. And I look at them. I review them. And when they're fulfilled and they're completed, then I know that that's done. I file them away. But others that are still hot potatoes, Mm-mm. Oh yeah, I look at them, some of them every day, meditate on them and think, wow, see, the, the, they're supernatural because all gifts of the Holy Spirit are supernatural, whether it's the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, whether we get into special faith, gifts of healings, working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits or tongues, or the interpretation of tongues, all nine of the spiritual gifts are all on the supernatural plane. And Paul said, they're for your profit. They're for your benefit. They're for your good. So prophecy is able to give you great insight into what's coming. Now, you still have to live your life by faith. We do not live our lives by sight. If you knew everything coming and you knew how everything was going to unfold, yeah, there would be no faith in that at all. You'd just be walking around, uh, walking by sight. And that's not how God works. He says we walk by faith, not by sight. So you're still going to have to go by faith, but it is very comforting in your faith to know, hey, I've already got the victory before I ever get into the battle. Praise the Lord. I, you know, you may be 30 years old, but you've already got a word from the Lord. Hey, yeah, I'm going to be keeping on going for a long time to come. Praise God. So these words can really, really stabilize you and help you. When I say stabilize, I'm talking about staying on target, staying on path. You don't want to drift. You don't want to get over in the areas that God has not called you 
uh, called you to. It's very important to stay focused. And prophecy, prophecy, true prophecy from the Lord, it will bear witness with that purpose and direction that God has for your life. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. I got a crazy word from a lady one time. It was a totally um, uh, carnal prophecy. It was out of her soul. And my wife, when Kelly heard it, she knew that it was very soulish. It was um, it was not accurate. This was somebody that tried to prophesy. And uh, she was a minister, but basically she came to the meeting not prayed up okay and so she got excited and gave me a word and uh it was a, it was a goofy word why it was a word that was going in a direction that i'm never going to go it was a word pertaining to something that um it was not me i don't know who maybe it could fit somebody else there you know, quite a, hundreds of people in the meeting maybe it was you know somebody else but it certainly wasn't for me but she gave it to me this is for you and she shared it and uh you know, sometimes you smile and you're nice, but you're like, man, I'm not even going to record that. I'm not even going to want to hear that again. That's totally dumb. But you know what? If you will pray and you will be sincere and say, Lord, give me a prophecy. Give me a word to bless your people. Then the Lord will give it to you. And this is, this is what's amazing about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And here is a great guideline, something that will really help you with motives for the spiritual gifts. And this is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 12. Even so you, okay, that would be you. Even so you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the building up, for the strengthening of the church that you seek to excel. Okay, so you want to excel in spiritual gifts. Why? To build up God's people, to build up the church. That is the greatest motive which is a motive of, of love that you can have. Lord, I want the spiritual gifts. So, why? So that you can build up the people of God. And one of the greatest of the gifts is prophecy because it just lifts people. It lifts people. And oftentimes, a prophecy will have some of the other gifts intertwined within it, such as word of knowledge, which is supernatural knowledge that gives even more validity to the prophecy that's coming. So, you know, I was in a meeting uh, last year, and I was teaching uh, all the prophets. The, the host pastor uh, or the, the apostle got all of the prophets together. We went into a room. These, these were many prophets, ministers from all over the UK. And we went into a room, and so I did some teaching to encourage them, to strengthen them, uh, in that in the prophetic ministry and so uh, one prophet had a word for me total stranger he's actually a bishop in london and the word was uh, it was beautiful it had a it, the prophecy was great but what even gave more strength to the prophecy were all of the crazy words of wisdom that were involved in it he called out my spiritual father uh his first and uh his first and last name he called out one of my dearest friends, an apostle in Singapore, and named him by name. And then he called out dates of things that had take, taken place with me, stuff nobody would know except Kelly or the Lord. And then after just really dropping some very supernatural words of knowledge, then he goes into this prophecy about my ministry. And it was, it was pure strength, encouragement, and comfort. Praise the Lord. So my friends, 
The other gifts can begin to get mixed in there as well, particularly word of knowledge when you give a prophecy. So if you have a prophecy, ask the Lord to to give some depth to it. In other words, you don't want to just give somebody a word that says, I, I hear the Lord saying that he loves you. Well, that, that's great. Can you give me a little more meat on the bone? Okay, so ask the Lord for that, and he'll give it to you. He'll give it to you, and exercise the gifts. Again, the Apostle Paul said bodily exercise profits a little, and there is some benefit in it, but godliness has great gain, not only for this life, but for the life to come. Wow, praise God. So exercise the gifts of the Spirit, and you start getting a word for somebody, well, you know, give, give that word. And if you're in a, if you're in a certain, like a church or something like that, there's, there's structure, uh, we call it protocol for, for doing that, because you can't have just everybody going around giving words to everybody. There has to be protocol and order. But if you're just, you know, by yourself and you're with uh, somebody, uh, you know, and you, you have a word for them, then that's a different scenario. You can use the wisdom of the Lord and, and share that. Praise God. But I'm, I'm telling you, my friends, um, <clears throat> the gift of prophecy is supernatural, and it can bring great comfort into the lives of people. Now, I want to pray for you right now that prophecy find you, that a prophetic word find you and come to you. And believe me, God knows right where you're at. Oh, Pastor Stephen, I'm in New Zealand. I'm at the bottom of the world. Well, we have people from Australia, New Zealand, watching the programs all the time. God can uh, get you right down there. There's prophetic people all throughout uh, that part of the world as well. So the word can come to you, and it might not be too far away. It could already be close. Woohoo! Glory to God. Could be somebody coming tomorrow or today with the word of the Lord for you. All right, so Heavenly Father, we thank you that signs and wonders follow the preaching of the word. So I have preached and taught on the subject of prophecy and how it brings supernatural comfort. And I'm praying, Father God, that the prophetic word find your people, that prophecy would come to them. Hallelujah, glory, 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 glory. And Father, if somebody would feel that they are in a place of isolation where they don't know how they could receive the phone call or the word, the prophecy, Father, I just pray that you would override those boundaries, those limitations, and that you would get it through anyhow to them. Thank you, Father. We thank you that the prophetic word is coming, and we thank you that we give, and we also receive. We receive, yes, and we also give. We thank you, Father. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Thank you. Thank you. But we have to, we have to flow in this both ways. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I was driving down the Interstate 40. Uh, for those of you uh, in other parts of the world, Interstate 40 is a highway, a super highway in America. It goes from California all the way to North Carolina. So you can cross the whole country just by staying on that one freeway going from west to east or east to west. And I was driving on the Interstate 40 one day, and I'd been a little bit discouraged because of something that had happened uh, with the pastor. A pastor did something that wasn't very nice to me, 
And I said, Lord, it's all right. I forgive him. Just keep on going. And I said, he knew he did that when he did it on purpose. And uh, I, you know, sometimes people do things that the, just kind of reveal that they need some healing. So I said, Lord, I forgive him. He obviously, maybe somebody did him wrong sometime. That Maybe that's why he's acting like that. But I forgive him. But Lord, that, it's not like it didn't hurt what his, his behavior. So I was driving down the, the Interstate 40, still feeling a little discouraged because of that. And my phone rang. And at that time, there weren't, uh, there weren't many people that had my private cell phone number. So uh, the call coming in as a caller ID, I didn't recognize. So the call came in. I answered it. And uh, the person said, is this Prophet Stephen Brooks? I said, yes, it is. He said, this is Apostle so-and-so calling from uh, Dallas, Texas. I said, oh. I said, hi. I said, how'd you get my number? He said, the Holy Spirit gave it to me. <laughs> Glory to God. Mm -mm. Mm. Hallelujah. I could tell you about the prophet who got the president of the United States' uh, phone number. This was a few presidents back. Okay, well, that's a different story. But God gave this prophet who actually lived just a few miles from here, gave him the phone number of the president of the United States of America, and he called him. Uh, multiple times, actually. Uh, that that was that's some pretty crazy stories. But anyhow, so this this apostle calls me, and he says, "And you, you're Stephen Brooks?" I said, "Yes." He said, "The Lord told me that He's going to give you that jet that you're believing Him for." And when He said that, <laughs> woo, glory to God! All discouragement, all discouragement, just lifted. I felt so happy. I felt strengthened, encouraged, blessed and comfort it. Hallelujah. Sometimes the Lord will do those things to lift you up, to lift you up when life has maybe kind of bruised you up. God will lift you up and he'll make you happy again. And on you go. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. My friends, God's got a miracle for you. And in order to see, sometimes these miracles manifest, your faith needs that extra boost and it will come through a prophetic word that's going to supercharge your faith. Mm -mm. Get ready. I like superchargers. I like cars with superchargers. I've, I've, I've got a vehicle that has a twin turbo. Turbo's good, but you always have that little delay. You stomp on the gas and you have that one second pause. But with a supercharger, it's instant power right there the moment you hit the gas pedal. So I see God supercharging your faith. There's going to be an instant boost because the word of the Lord is coming to you. And I would also encourage you to pray and lean into the Lord so that you can be sensitive to the Holy Spirit so that when the Lord wants to give a prophecy to somebody else, you can be that person. You can be that person. Don't let there be a prophetic vacuum in your life or around you where there's this void, where there's no prophetic anointing. Don't, don't, don't live in an environment like that. Of that That's a desert. That is a spiritual desert, and God doesn't want you to be in a place like that. So you need to find somewhere where you can drink from, okay? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Yeah, glory to God. You may not be able to live in another area where it's at all the time, but you've got you've to have some type of a source where you can plug into that every now and then, where you can get out and grab it, praise God. 
Mm -hmm. We have people come to our meetings from Catholic churches, from uh, Presbyterian churches, um, all types of churches that uh, you know, maybe they can't always get a drink in certain places. But um, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you another thing. I know I know some Catholic churches you can drink all the prophecy you want at some. Now that's definitely not the case at most. But I know some you you need a prophetic word. Yeah, I can tell you I can tell you when to go to <laughs> in a certain state or in a certain country. But it doesn't mean there's places like that everywhere. But there are places where uh, if you need a drink, God's got the new wine of the Spirit for you. But you have to be hungry and thirsty and go get it. Praise God. I also see it coming to you. So be ready. The word of the Lord's coming to you. So, Father, we thank you. We sealed this message. We thank you that the birds of the air, the the evil forces the, uh, that would pray and try to steal the word, that we, we bind it. We sealed this word by the Spirit's power and by the blood of Jesus. We thank you that our true word is coming to us. Father, we give you praise. That person watching right now, the word of the Lord will come to you. Believe it, receive it, say, I receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Woohoo! And amen. Praise God. Let's get ready to take Holy Communion. We're going to grab some grape juice and some unleavened bread. And if you're watching today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but you're just liking all of this stuff about God, you're liking all of this, well, God loves you. God likes you a whole lot. And if you would like to get to know Him, you get to know Him through His Son. You come to the Father through the Son. He is the bridge that connects lost humanity to God. And there is no other bridge. There is no other way besides Jesus Christ, the one and only Savior of the world. If you would like to get your heart and your life right with God right now, pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I come before you as a sinner, and I ask you to wash my sins away. And I ask you to give me your new life right now. Thank you, Jesus. I commit my heart to you fully and completely. Write my name, Jesus, in your book of life. Thank you for saving me. I believe in you. And you are now my God and my Savior. Jesus, in your name I pray. Amen and amen. Now, if you're watching me today and you are a Christian, who has fallen away from the Lord, and your life in by any means is not right with God. You have drifted from the Lord, and you're just all tangled up in junk, and you want to come back. Right now is your opportunity. Pray this after me. Say, Jesus, I come back. I come back to you. Jesus, wash my sins away. Strengthen me. Strengthen me with your faithfulness. And Lord, I will never depart or drift from you ever again. Thank you, Jesus. Restore me. Thank you, Jesus, for doing it right now in your name. Amen. And amen. And the Lord sets you free right now. Praise God. Restoration is something that the Lord specializes in. Mm -mm. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the communion. We thank you for the bread and for the juice. We set this apart as holy through this prayer. We consecrate it. And we thank you that it is now the body and the blood of Christ, our Savior. Thank you, Father God, for complete and total victory in every area 
of our lives. We thank you, Father God, that even if there's those that are watching that are they're in the latter part of their life, it's not too late, just like it wasn't too late for Samson. It wasn't too late for Peter to have an epic victory where they get the last laugh in. So, Lord, we just thank you. <laughs> we just thank you for nothing but victory. We give you praise. We give you praise. Thank you, Father God, for even Peter's martyrdom was a victory. For to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We thank you, O God, that one day we'll be with you. We thank you, O God, that you will preserve us and keep us until that day. Thank you, O God. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive the body of Christ. There's a real anointing for a comeback. And the enemy would try to mock and laugh and say, I shut you down. I got you off the air. I, I did this. I frustrated you. There's going to be a comeback. I, I also want to speak that to God TV because their Israeli outreach network, they had started a network called Shalanu, and it has been pulled by the Israeli government off of the air. And the motives of God TV were 100% pure, which is to love the Israeli people and to present the word of God to them in a format that fits their culture and even in their native Hebrew language. But you had adversaries, you had the enemy, you had Satan working behind the scenes to try to frustrate that beautiful outreach. But I believe there will be a comeback. It may have a different name, this uh, Israeli network, but it will come back and the Lord, the Lord will bless it and it will, it will be stronger it will be stronger than what it could have even been before. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God will not be mocked ever, ever. Praise the Lord. Anytime you have a heart for evangelism and you are endeavoring to reach those with the eternal gospel, anytime you do that, the blessing of the Lord is going to rest upon your life. Praise the Lord. There can be some setbacks. But with God, there will be a comeback. And I see that comeback for God TV being very, very large. And as those of you watch know, we are on God TV Monday mornings at 1030 every Monday. Woo, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I see a comeback in your life with great acceleration and moving forward further into God's plan for your life. Hallelujah. God will make up for you any lost time. Now, I, I know I'm not speaking to everybody on this, but for those of you that you've had some, you've had some wrong detours uh, in life, and maybe you feel like you've even lost a few years or a decade, when you turn to the Lord, He will help you catch up. This is the most amazing thing, and you will know the grace of God. You'll, you'll catch up financially. You'll catch up spiritually. And you'll have a very powerful testimony as well. You'll know some things and you're going to be able to help a lot of people. Praise the Lord. So just lean on the Lord. Lean on the Lord. Receive his guidance, his direction. Praise God. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. Some of you, the Lord will share some things one-on-one. -on -one. What was told to Peter was 
one-on-one, -on -one, and the Lord talked to him. Now, the Lord had also talked to John about some things one-on-one -on -one as well. I feel for some of you, there's a group, uh, there's a number, I won't say the number of people, but I see a number of people that it would even be a personal instruction from the Lord. Praise God. Don't, don't think that to be extreme. I've had numerous visitations from the Lord. Now, I, I won't say I've seen him hundreds and hundreds of times, but I've had, I've had quite a few talks, conversations with the Lord face-to-face -face through personal visitations. And it's not like I'm, I'm used to that. It's not like that's anything common. It's always, it's always spectacular, <laughs> okay? It's always over the top. Anytime something like that happens with Jesus, but I'm saying at the same time, uh, don't think that that can't happen to you because I see for some that it's even appointed for a visitation. You're going to get some marching orders straight from headquarters, straight from the top, from the, from the general himself. Woo, praise God. Jesus, the head of the church, known in Scripture in the New Testament through the Septuagint as Lord of Sabaoth, that actually is from the Old Testament, Jehovah Sava, Lord of Hosts, Captain of Angelic Armies. In the Hebrew language, technically, he's captain over any army, army of ants, army of locusts. He's, he's over an uh, army of planets, star systems. He's over all of them. He, he's the ultimate general, praise God. So get ready for some of you. You will receive a very keen prophecy from the Lord, just like Peter had. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. It's mighty cleansing power that allows us to have such close and wonderful and enjoyable fellowship. Father, we give you praise. We give you praise in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Uh, the fragrance of, uh, it's coming to me, cloves. Uh, the fragrance of cloves is very, very uh, present right now in the most Woo, thick, thick way. Hallelujah. It's like a, a cloud. Now, cloves represents divine protection from the enemy who's a thief. And oftentimes in the spirit realm, when you're smelling cloves, it is an indicator that what the enemy has stolen from you, time, money, even maybe relationships, uh, it, it's coming back. God's going to restore it. So I'm smelling cloves right now. That means supernatural restoration of what has been lost. And again, let me say the Lord knows how to make up for lost time. Woo, glory to God. Mm -mm. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. We receive it now with great thanksgiving. In your name, amen. Praise God. Let's receive. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, that fragrance is just getting stronger and stronger. I'm not wearing any cologne or anything like that. There's nothing in the room. Just uh, me and the Lord and you hanging out with me. Praise, praise God. Praise the Lord. My friends, get ready. Get ready. The, the glory of the Lord is going to come suddenly upon many of those who've been crying out for the empowerment for this next move. And this is a time 
to really try to be on the edge of walking close with the Lord. What I said, talking about an extra push, an extra push maybe that you wouldn't normally make, but these are very unusual times. And the enemy has been having a heyday in America. But the Lord is about to release something that's going to catch the enemy off guard. He knows it's coming eventually, but he just he doesn't know when. But it, it is the empowerment of the Spirit on the new level for God's people. And it's going to be, it's going to be extraordinary. You have, to, you have to get ready for that. You have to... You, sometimes I, I have emails where people say, Pastor Stephen, should I do this, this, this? Well, there's a part where the Apostle Paul said, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You have to take your destiny and God's purpose for your life here on earth serious. And we're in the final stages, and there's something glorious coming from heaven. And when, it, when it's going to come, it's going to come quick. It's going to come on those who are hungry, and it's fire. It's fire from heaven. It's fire from God. And you will be inflamed with the glory of God. And for many of you, uh, it, will, it will be a dramatic change in your life. So just keep living for the Lord. I'm not saying change anything. Just hold steady. Keep serving the Lord, walking with Him. But I'm telling you, something beautiful is coming. Now, the cloves are also speaking of a portal that can be very similar to frankincense. But we're in that right now. Praise the Lord. There's going to be some major restoration. Now, this is what I'm getting from the Lord also. That for many of you that you've sown seed, financial seed. I'm not talking about watermelon or cantaloupe seed. Those of you that have sown financial seed, you haven't seen the harvest and the enemy has laughed because he's been able to do things behind the scenes in the spirit realm that have blocked or have hindered harvest from coming. But your payday is coming and your harvest is coming in. So continue to praise the Lord because it's going to not just be like one seed in the harvest off that. It's going to be like a plethora of seeds that just all boom broke through and they're going to be pulled in through the angels and the harvest is going to come into your life. It's going to be big. It's going to be big. Praise the Lord. Get ready for that. Mm -hmm. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory to the Lord. Well, my friends, thank you for taking the extra time to hang out with me this morning and just uh, spend time with me as we work our way through these things, the scriptures, and also what the Lord is doing right now. But that spirit of prophecy is very present. It could get so strong on you that once this program ends, you may very quickly, and it wouldn't surprise me, you may very quickly get a word for somebody, a prophecy for somebody. Well, I would just encourage you to... Um, email them. If it's not too early, maybe you could call them or something like that. Some words that are really good, they need to be delivered kind of like in person. But um, it's always good to write something out as well too. But my friends, just let the Holy Spirit work through you. Step into these things of God and walk with the Lord. Okay? So Father, we give you all the praise. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thanks for watching. I'll see you back next time. Bye-bye.